You are listening to the teaching podcast of Praise Community Church in Mason City, Iowa. For more information about our church, please visit praisecc.org. Well, it kind of ties into a little bit about what we talked about last week, and I want to kind of just recap a little bit about what we talked about last week before I get into what I want to talk about this week. And you'll kind of find in your uh, folder, your, your bulletin uh, this morning, that uh, there is a Bible reading plan that will kind of get you through the New Testament in one year. Now, it's not an aggressive, it's not a huge time-consuming plan, it's pretty simple. You can probably do this uh, five minutes a day, um, five days a week. You know, you'll get two days off. Um, so again, it's, it's a pretty simple plan, gets you into the word. Uh, for those of you that maybe kind of feel like, man, that just kind of feels like, you know, I need a bigger challenge. Uh, I do have on the welcome table out in the uh, entryway there, and uh, my friend Cheryl will be there to assist anybody. I do have getting through the Bible in a year. That's the Old um, and the New Testament. For those of you that are looking for something with a little bit more challenging. And kind of what, what Val says, as you're kind of getting into the word, what you're gonna find is it's the word that's gonna to begin to change and transform you. Um, and the Holy Spirit is gonna to speak to you uh, just as it's spoken to him. And so again, that's the idea is we wanna get people into the word uh, this year. So uh, my hope is, is that kind of what Val's experiencing is what a lot of you are gonna begin to experience and that you know maybe you'll kind of come up to me like Val did this morning and say, you know, I just really feel like God's really placed a, a word on my heart. And sometimes God places words on our hearts for us specifically. It's to be applied to us. Other times it's for the body. It's for all of us uh, to be able to hear and to learn uh, and to grow uh, and not just what is God saying to us, what is God saying uh, to the body? And so, you know, uh, like many of you, I was challenged and, and inspired uh, by what God is sharing with Val. And so, again, I want to just encourage you to get into that. Now, I'm not asking you to read the Bible to read the Bible. Okay, if it's just to read the Bible, to read the Bible, there's no point to that. It really comes in the application. So what I want you to do as you're reading the Bible is I want you to kind of, what Val's uh, was doing there was, God, how are you speaking to me? What, what are you calling me to do in what I'm reading? And again, it kind of goes back to what uh, James says there in chapter one, verses 22. He says, but don't just listen to the word of God. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourself. In other words, you're just deceiving yourself or you're being deceived. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, you walk away, and you forget what you look like. But if you look carefully, look carefully, diligently into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then, then God will bless you for doing it. 
So when you're reading the word, again, the goal isn't just to read the word, to read the word. You read the word, you're looking carefully You're taking your time, you're meditating on it, and you're allowing God through the Holy Spirit to speak to you. It's hearing what God is saying to you, and then it's applying it to your life. That's where the blessing comes from. It doesn't just come from reading it. It comes from reading it and then doing what it says, and therein you'll begin to discover the blessings that God uh, has for you. So I'm encouraging all of us as a congregation to commit to at least reading through the New Testament um, in a year. Now, again, some of you may want a bigger challenge than that, um, and some of you may even want a bigger challenge than this. And again, some of that may be that you can begin to journal um, what God is saying to you. There are ways of kind of building on what you're already doing. Some of you, maybe it's just uh, getting into a different translation. You know, there are times where like, I'll try to read through the New Testament in a month, and then the next month, I'll just switch over to a different translation because different translations kind of have a way of bringing certain truths to the surface more easily uh, than others. Um, For some of you, it may be that, you know, you've never maybe read the Bible in chronological order. There's a Bible out there called the Chronological Bible, and it's kind of just lays the Bible out in, in, in the chronological order as the events happened. Sometimes that's kind of uh, interesting and very eye-opening as you read the Bible in chronological order. So there's a lot of ways that you can approach this very, uh, this very task, this very uh, responsibility in, in a number of different um, ways. I would encourage some of you, maybe if you've got a Bible um, that you're reading and, and the translation doesn't make sense to you. I remember growing up in the Lutheran church, we were King James, and that stuff didn't make much sense to me. Uh, finally got my hands on a Bible called The Way. We used that in my confirmation class, and, and it was amazing how much simpler it was for me to understand some of the scriptures. So if you're here this morning and you don't have a Bible, um, see me afterwards, um, see Neva uh, or uh, Valerie, one of us, we would love to gift you uh, with a Bible um, so that, again, we're getting the word into your hands. We're trying to get a translation into your hands. It will hopefully be easy uh, for you to understand. And again, the plan is is just to get uh, people Uh, into uh, the word. So last week I started talking about some great ways to start off the new year. And obviously, you know, reading the Bible is a great way to start off uh, the new year. It's a great way to start off each day. And so this morning I want to talk about something that will, and and I'm sure for many of us, have have gotten in the way uh, of our walk with God. There there are certain things that kind of just have a way of kind of getting us off track in our walk and our relationship with God. There are things that kind of cause us to stop moving in the things that God has uh, for us uh, from, you know, again, from us becoming all that God wants us to be and to do all that God has for us to do. And that one thing is called fear. One time a uh, columnist, Ann Landers, and I'm, I know I'm uh, showing my age here, um, she was uh, 
reported at one time as, as a columnist who uh, would often just uh, print letters. If any of you are familiar with Ann Landers, people would write in, she would kind of you know, post their letter and then she would give her response. And uh, people just loved reading Ann Landers. And she received probably about 10,000 letters a month. And most of these were, again, just people who were seeking her advice on how to deal with various problems in their lives. And she was once asked this question. She said, they asked her, what is the most common problem you find in your letters? And she said, without a doubt, fear. She said, people are afraid of losing their health, their wealth, and their loved ones. Ann Landers uh, passed away and her column ceased uh, in uh, June of 2002. And her observation remains true even to this day. We have a new term for this in our American lexicon. It's called fear porn. I don't know if you've run across that word yet. I think you probably uh, will. And it's a term that is defined as, uh, refers to the mainstream media content that deliberately and enticingly plays on people's fears about disaster, disease, and death. And we've seen this play out over and over regarding issues you know, like COVID, the economy, wars, inflation, climate change, and a whole host of other issues. Now, one of the problems with this fear porn is that most of what they predict never comes to pass. You ever notice that? As a matter of fact, one study showed that 92% of the things that we fear actually never come to pass. I like the, uh, the acrostic for the word fear, and that's false evidence appearing real. The Bible has a word for that, a phrase. It's called vain imaginations. And vain imaginations are simply when we kind of are faced with a situation and we kind of begin to devise all of these wild imaginations of what's going to happen. Ever done that? You know, you, you get a, 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 maybe a notice from your boss that he wants to see you after work. And, and what's your first thought? I'm going to be fired. I'm going to be fired. And we just kind of make all of these wild assumptions, many of them never good. I mean, we, we kind of always go to the worst possible scenario, and then we kind of just build it out from there. Well, the Bible calls that vain imaginations. It's where we kind of take something and we just kind of make it into something it, it never, ever becomes. Now, we call fear by a lot of different names. We call it worry. We call it tension, anxiety, uptight, stress. But again, it's just one of the many manifestations of fear. And that's why you'll kind of find hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of Bible references in Scripture that speak to that. And that's why oftentimes you'll see, fear not, you know, don't be anxious, don't worry. Again, those are all kind of uh, 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 related to that whole manifestation of fear. And you just find the Scriptures throughout caution us against coming into places of fear, of worry, of anxiety, of tension, of being uptight. One group of prominent researchers did a study of 500 different people, and they discovered 7,000 fears in those 500 people. That's an average of 14 different fears per person. 
That's a lot of fear. One thing we can be absolutely sure that we can be absolutely confident about is that fear does not come from God. Second Timothy 1 7 says this, God has not given to us a spirit of fear. Now, that word, when you get into the Greek, there are different words for fear. And when he's talking about that spirit of fear there, one of the words in the Greek is the word phobo, and it's where we get the word phobia from. And so he's saying that God has not given you a spirit of, of phobia of fears. Now, now there are fears that we should have that the Bible calls us. We fear the Lord. And so that kind of fear, that is a good, it's a healthy, it's a biblical fear. It is a reverence. It's kind of a, a holy awe that we have uh, before God. It's we come into his presence and, and, and we're just overwhelmed by his goodness. We're overcome by his love. And there can be kind of this, this quaking, this trembling before that kind of, uh, of love, that kind of presence, that kind of power. That's a fear. That's a healthy fear. And we're called to fear the Lord. What he's talking about here is God has not given us the spirit of fear. That's that spirit of dread. It's the spirit of, of terror. It's the spirit uh, of, of uh, cowardice. It's the spirit of timidity. That is the spirit that God has not given to us, but of power, love, and a sound mind. So fear, that, that sense of dread, that sense of cowardice, of timidity, of terror, that does not come from God. Rather, God, the scripture says, has given us power, power to get results, power to uh, get results that have been given to us um, by God. God has given us love uh, by which to uh, even love our enemies. God has given to us a sound mind by which we can read and learn and grow uh, from the scriptures. Uh, it, it's sound thinking um, that can only be attained when your thinking is in line with the word of God. Again, it's why I want you in the word. It's where right thinking comes from. The only way your thinking can be in line and harmony and unity with the word of God is you gotta know what it says. And you gotta know that personally. You can't know what I know. No one here has a perfect theology. Not one of us has a perfect theology. We are all kind of a, a mix of light and dark. We're all kind of a mix of, the, you know, some things we believe are, are the truth of God. Some things we've kind of, you know, we've gotten into air in, in our thinking. And sometimes it's, it's in the, the, the body, it's in the community where, where, you know, as Val's beginning to share things that God is speaking to him, that can almost sometimes become a correction for me. You know, wow, I, I, I've kind of gotten away from that. I, I, I'm, I'm, I, you know, I'm reminded uh, of what God wants to do in me through that scripture. And, and so again, that's, that's the power of being able to kind of come into line, into harmony, into unity with God's word. Sometimes, you know, the Holy Spirit does that. Uh, other times he does it through other people. But again, it's bringing us back into line, into unity, into harmony. And that's why the first step we started with last week was the challenge of reading God's word. Your mind, your thinking will not be sound when it is in disagreement with the word. 
You're gonna sit here and tell me how many sexes there are in the world. Not interested in that because I know what the word says. He created them male and female. There are two genders, male and female. Not because I say so, not because Val says so, but because the word of God says so. And when my thinking comes in line, in unity, in harmony with the word of God, it causes me to be able to stand against any kind of deception that tries to come in and bring confusion. Because fear and faith both operate by the same spiritual principle. Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Again, the emphasis being the word of God. Your faith will never be stronger than your knowledge of God's word. Please hear that. Your faith will never be stronger than your knowledge of the word. Now here's the thing, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Fear comes by hearing and hearing the contradiction, the lie, the alternate reality to the word of God. The number one fear, can I tell you what the number one fear in all of our lives is? The number one fear the enemy wants to put into our lives is the fear that what God promises us in the word won't come to pass in our lives. That is the number one fear. It'll manifest in a million different ways, but at its core, that is the number one fear we have and that the enemy wants to put into our hearts and our lives is that what God promises you and me in his word will not come to pass in our lives. So for you to fear something, there's got to be a level of unbelief. Fear, fear kind of comes out of places of unbelief. So for you and I to have fear Again, there has to be a level of unbelief. For you to deal with and to overcome those fears, you've gotta identify where is the place of unbelief. So wherever there is fear of the promises of God not coming to pass in your life, there's also a measure of unbelief in that area. Does that make sense? So if, you, if you're standing on a promise uh, for healing, and, and there's a fear in your heart that that promise of healing is never going to come, there is a level of unbelief in that place. And in order for you to overcome that, you've got to identify what is that unbelief, and what does the word of God have to say to counter that unbelief? Genesis 3, and we see this right off the bat, the devil doesn't waste any time getting into this. When the serpent tempts Eve with the fruit, there comes a contradiction. They have one reality. The enemy comes along and presents to them a different reality. God said, don't eat of this one tree. Have at every other tree in the garden. There's thousands of them. This one tree, God says, do not eat from it because in the day you'll eat of it, you shall surely die. That was their reality. The serpent comes in 
and he gives the contradiction. Did God really say? And then he begins to paint a different reality. The more Adam and Eve came to believe in the contradiction, the more they moved into fear. As a matter of fact, right after they ate the forbidden fruit, the first emotion they experienced was shame because of their nakedness, followed very, very quickly by fear. Genesis 3.10 records Adam's response to God when he calls out to the man, where are you? And here's Adam's response. I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid. I was in dread. I was in terror. I was acting cowardly because I was naked. The seed that produces faith, Paul says in Romans 10, 17, is the word of God. Whereas the seed of fear is the contradiction, a different reality than the word of God. If your faith level is low, chances are your fear level is going to be very high. If your faith level is low, chances are very, very good. Your fear level will be very, very high. If your faith level is low, it's because your word level is low. No contradiction to God's word, no fear, because the contradiction to God's word is what produces fear. Now, if you don't know God's word, if you don't hear God's word, if you don't study God's word, if you don't know his word, how will you ever be able to recognize the contradiction, the lie? How will you ever know if something contradicts the word of God if you don't know the word? Again, this is why every one of us needs to take up this challenge this year, every day, get into the word. Listen to what the Apostle Paul writes in Ephesians 3.12. He says, in Christ, we can come before God with freedom and without fear. In Christ, that's the key, in Christ. I can't do it on my own. I can't do it independent of Christ. I do it in relationship with Christ. When I am in relationship with Christ, when I'm born again, when I have made Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of my life, that's the, the, the condition there, in Christ. When we are in relationship with him, it says we can come before God with freedom and without fear. We do this through our faith, our trust in Christ. That is God's desire. It is his hope. It is his plan for every one of us. As a matter of fact, that was God's plan before the foundations of the earth were ever laid, that you and I would come to him through faith in Christ, and when we would come to him, we would find freedom and not fear. So let me just outline uh, really quickly here. I know I won't get through all of these, um, but again, I want to just kind of begin to look at some steps we can take in order to get free from fear, not just this year, but every year. First thing is, perfect love drives out all fear. 1 John 4:18 says, whereas God's love is, there is no fear. 
because one of the things that God's perfect love does is it drives out, it removes all fear. Now, some people interpret that verse to mean that if I just love God perfectly, I won't be fearful. That's not what it means. It's not what it's saying. Rather, it literally means I do not have any reason to fear because God loves me perfectly, wholly, fully, always. I don't have any reason to fear because God loves me fully, wholly, completely, and always. Listen to how the Living Bible translates this same verse. We need have no fear of someone who loves us perfectly. For his perfect love eliminates all dread. That's what fear does. Fear creates dread. Perfect love eliminates all dread of what he might do to us. If we are afraid, it is for fear of what he might do to us. Or some translations say it's all punishment driven. We're afraid if we come to God, if we surrender to God, if we give ourselves to God, that somehow God is going to take that opportunity to punish us. And that's what this scripture is designed to do. It's to tell us that God's love for us is perfect. And because of that perfect love that he has for you and me, that it should eliminate all fear, that it should drive from us any, any sense of dread. I, I mean, honestly, if God were in the next room, and God were to call you and me out of this place to go and to meet with him in that room. If your sense of, of having to do that creates in you a sense of dread, uh, of terror, that's not God. God's love is perfect in that if God were to call to us, there should just be this sense of yes, yeah, I, I want to hear what he has to say. I, I want to I be able to, to experience what it is he has for me because I know that he loves me. And, and I know he's not going to do or say anything that would hurt me. He's not going to say or do anything that would, would in, uh, be, bring punishment. God wants to meet with me to, to display, to manifest, to you know, just lavish his love upon me. That ought to be our sense if God were to want to meet with us. He says, if we are afraid, it's for fear of what he might do to us and show us that we are not fully convinced that he really loves us. So as you think about your relationship with God, I mean, is there that sense of, of fear, of dread, of timidity, of kind of a cowardness in you? And he says, if, if we are afraid, it's that we're not fully convinced in our hearts that he really, truly loves us fully, completely, always. See, when you see how God already loves you perfectly, unconditionally, fully, just for who you are, not for what you've done or haven't done, 
not for what you have to offer God, as great as that may be, but just because of who you are. You are someone who is made in the image and the likeness of God. And and when we begin to see ourselves the way he sees us, fear will begin to melt away. So again, knowing, receiving, and walking in the truth of God's full, complete love for us is the only antidote to fear. Again, if you're here and you're walking in fear, my encouragement to you would be to begin to walk more and more in the love of God. And the more you walk in the love of God, knowing that he loves you fully, completely, always, that fear, whatever that fear, that dread, that terror is, it's just gonna begin to melt away. Experts have identified three kinds of fear that you can have. The first is what they call surface fears. Now, those surface fears are like, you know, you won't be able to pay your bills. You're afraid of the dark. You're afraid of snakes. You're afraid of heights. Or you're afraid you're going to have an accident every time you get into your car. Or you're afraid that if you do have an accident in your car, you're not going to have clean underwear on. Okay? Those are what we call surface fears. And many of those fears that, that, you know, those phobias that we have, many of those would qualify as surface fears. Now, the second kind of fear is something, you know, is more significant. It's kind of a bit more unsettling. And that's what we call our subconscious fears, okay? These are fears that are kind of right below the surface. And these are, uh, they're, they're a little deeper than surface fears, like the fear of failure, You know, the fear of loneliness. It can be the fear of abandonment, the fear of losing control, uh, the fear uh, of being exposed, the fear of not being adequate um, for the task, okay? Those are what we would call subconscious fears. But those aren't even the deepest fears. There is a deeper level fear, and that's what they call the soul fear, and that is singular, It is the primary source that all of your other fears flow from. It is the originator of every other fear. It is the wellspring. No matter how much you try to get rid of all of these surface or subconscious fears, until you deal with the main source, this third level fear, it's never gonna work until you and I get healing and get freedom at this deepest level of our lives, we're still gonna have problems with the surface and the subconscious fears. What is that soul fear? What is our deepest need as human beings? Our deepest need, the soul need of every one of us is to feel absolutely, totally, completely, and unconditionally loved and accepted for who we are. That is the deepest need of every person in this room. To feel absolutely, totally, completely, and unconditionally loved and accepted for who we are. Not for something you could or should be. Not for something you, you know, may do in the future but totally, completely, and unconditionally loved and accepted just as you are. 
just where you're at right now, with all of our imperfections, until this core issue, this soul issue is dealt with and resolved, you're gonna be tormented by other fears because here's the thing, only God and God alone can love you with as much love as you really need. God doesn't love you randomly. He loves you consistently. God loves you every second of every minute, of every hour, of every day, of every week, of every month, of every year. There is no end to his love for you. There has never been, nor will there ever be, a moment in your life when God doesn't love you fully, completely, and consistently. And that is not true of anybody else in your life. I don't care how wonderful they are. Only God can love you as deeply, as fully, as consistently as you really need to be loved. And the mistake so many people make, Christians, non-Christians alike, is that we try to get from other people what only God can give us. And when we do that, we're eventually going to be disappointed and let down. Only perfect love can drive out all fear, and God is the only one who can love you perfectly. So we have got to accept, receive, and embrace God's perfect love for me right where you're at this morning. And see, some of you, are, you're sitting there and you're thinking to yourself, you don't know what I've done. Oh, pastor, if I were to tell you the things I've done in my past, you would agree with me that I am the exception to this rule. God could never love me the way you describe after all of the terrible things I've done in my life. And again, you're wrong. That is a vain imagination. That is a contradiction. That is an alternate reality to the word of God that you've bought into. The Apostle Paul under the anointing and authority of God's Holy Spirit wrote these words in Romans 8, 39. He said, nothing, nothing in all creation is able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Nothing in all of creation, and that includes anything in your past, is able to separate you from the love that God has for you. That doesn't mean that God approves of everything you're doing. God's not giving a stamp of approval on everything that you say. Like I say, we're all a mix of light and dark. We're all a mix of truth and air. We're all walking this out. We're all working this out together. That's why we have a family. It just means that when we have a relationship with, with Jesus Christ and we truly repented of our sins, and that repentance means we turn from that. We don't just say, oh, I'm sorry and keep doing it. Repentance is, is that I recognize this is not of God. God has something better for me, and we turn from that to what God has for us. So we repent, 
of the past, no matter how horrible it is, it is no longer an issue when we are in Christ. When we have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, when I have asked him to forgive my sins through his shed blood on the cross, when I truly ask for that, God is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I kind of chuckle sometimes when I hear people that try to come up with sins that they think are greater and stronger than the blood of Christ. There's nothing that exists like that. That's impossible. There is nothing that the blood of Jesus Christ cannot forgive and cleanse. And when we just receive him into our heart, Revelation says, Jesus said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. Some of you this morning, you may just be hearing a knocking on the door of your heart, and you're thinking, what is that? It's Jesus just saying, hey, I wanna come in. I, I wanna move in. I, I, wanna, I wanna dine with you and you with me. And we're gonna begin to live life together. Yeah, I know the house is a mess, but I'm gonna help you clean it up. I'm gonna help you get it arranged. So when we just receive him, we just open that door and we invite him to come in. And we just ask him, don't just be savior, be Lord of my life as well. There is no barrier to receiving and experiencing God's love in our life. And that's why the best place to start this morning is we have just got to deal with overcoming that fear that, that wants to dominate and control our lives. And the only way we can do that is we just have got to recognize, we've got to receive, and we just got to begin to walk in God's perfect love for us right where we're at this morning. I've got a couple more points, but I'll save those for next week. I feel like this is just a good place to end this morning. So maybe some of you this morning, you're just walking in a lot of fear. And it may not feel like fear, it may feel kind of like anxiety, I'm kind of worried. You know, I just have got this tension that, that things aren't right. And it's kind of dominating your thinking and it's driving you uh, into places like depression it's driving you in, into places of, of worry and anxiety. That is not God. So this morning, I wanna just give you an opportunity this morning, and I just wanna invite the Holy Spirit, because again, all of us are dealing with different fears. And I wanna just this morning just, you know, give us an opportunity to ask the Holy Spirit to begin to identify those places in my heart, those places in my life, those places in my spirit where maybe I'm walking in fear. And just ask God to begin to deliver us from those places of fear and to bring us into those places where we begin to see and to recognize and just to begin to experience God's love in those, those areas uh, of our life this morning. And I believe what you're gonna find is, is fear wants to enslave you. God's perfect love wants to free you from that this morning. Maybe you're here this morning, you've never ever answered that that knock on the door of your heart this morning. 
I wanna give you an opportunity this morning. We have people here that we would love to pray for you to be able to pray and to receive forgiveness, to be able to pray and to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. It's not, it's not difficult, it, it, it's very, very simple. Paul says if we just confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, that, that he is in control. If we just confess with our mouth Jesus is Lord, and then believe in our hearts God raised him from the dead, we're saved. That's how we answer the door. Jesus is Lord. You are in control. You come into the, the, the house of my heart and you just begin to rearrange and you just begin to take control of every room, of every issue in, in this house of mine, this spiritual house. And God, you just begin to, to, to bring order and you just begin to rearrange the furniture in righteous ways. It's been a mess, but God, you're gonna come in and you're gonna begin to just clean up every room of my heart if you've never ever done that and just ask him to come in and do that this morning he's ready he's waiting and he's willing nothing can ever separate you from the love that he wants to shower upon you this morning so again I just want just going to invite uh, you to stay in this morning um, and again, just to uh, allow the Holy Spirit just to begin uh, to move. And maybe there's just a promise of God this morning that uh, for some of you this morning that that is the greatest fear is that God's giving you certain promises and right now fear is telling you those promises are never gonna come to pass in your life. And we just need to do warfare on that this morning. And warfare is just as simple as saying, that is not true. God's word is true. And God's word says. Jesus said in Matthew 4, 4, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth from the mouth of God. God has a word for every one of your fears this morning. And that's what he wants you to abide in, that's what he wants you to live in, is every word that proceeds from his mouth. Father, we just thank you this morning for your perfect, absolute, unconditional love for every person in this room. There is not a person in this room this morning that has been disqualified from that. Thanks for listening. For more information about Praise Community Church, including gathering times and events, please visit us at praisecc.org.